hello everybody. It's we're, we're back again, but we've got infinitely smarter and brighter because we have a much much better guest. Oh, we do. Very good. Who we got, Mark? Oh now, come on. You're going to ask me to introduce Tracy Pye? Yes. Oh, really? So, Tracy, thank you for coming on on board with us. That's okay. We're, we're pretty excited to have our first guest on first the podcast. Guest. Wow, I didn't know that. You didn't tell me that. Well, we didn't want to have the expectation rise too much, you see. It was important that we made you feel comfortable at home. Everyone else said no. And, 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 and look, that's why you're trapped in the middle, so you can't yeah, make can't a run. Get out. Can't get out. <laughs> so Those who are not watching on the YouTube, we have uh, made it very hard for Tracy to hit, take off and run, but um, we're sure that she's not going to need to do that, so that's okay. No. So Tracy Pye is here from Mortgage Express, and maybe, Tracy, you can explain quickly who you are and what you do. Okay, so Mortgage Express is part of the Harcourts group and I'm a broker. So anybody that comes through the office, um, I have a little chat with and give them some finance options. Yep, all right. So what does a mortgage broker do? Is that right out of the road? Because it's blocking oh, your, it's it blocking is, your yeah. limelight. So as a mortgage broker, we research the lenders and find mm -hmm. the best lender for you. So it's not always rate driven because everyone comes to you and says, what's your best rate? But mm. rates are important, but there's also other factors you need to take into account. Um, you've got to look at you know, whether you're self-employed, how long you've been in your current job, um, yep. whether you get any Centrelink benefits. So there's all different factors you need to take into account. So lenders would obviously have different criteria and you'd have, so they you'd do. move them to the right one that makes that's the most right. sense. And that's the advantage with a broker because we know yeah. their policies, so you don't have to go door to door to every bank in town. Which we, would be really arduous if you did, would wouldn't be. it? <laughs> It would be, because quite often it might be a lender that isn't in town. So, you yeah. know, it could be someone like your INGs or Macquarie Banks or something like that that don't have any branch presence. So, Tracy, a lot of people have a, for whatever reason, a really strong relationship with their bank. So mm. often we say, oh, should, yep. you know, do you want to speak to a broker? They go, no, I'm with the CBA. Yep. I just want to go to the CBA. Yep. So what's your answer to that? My answer to that is, like I can assist you and I can put you to CBA. Mm -hmm. um, I've been now in the industry for 15 years. So if mm -hmm. I saw you 15 years ago, I've still got all your information on file. Yep. I guarantee if you walk into a bank, um, you will not see the same person twice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that would be right. That's probably true. So, you know, I've got your history and you don't have to provide a lot of the documentation over and over again. Yep. Um, if you're really loyal and you want to stay with the bank, I can still put you with that lender. And most often I can get you a better rate than what's being advertised. That was just what I was going to ask. Yeah. Surely because you also know what's going to make them be more attractive, exactly. you'd be able to push that application even with that same bank. Yeah in a better fashion, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, so we just yeah. apply for a pricing approval and, you know, based on what other lenders are offering and quite often can get a better rate than what you can walk into a branch. Well, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me, yeah. So, Tracy, we've seen a bit in the media lately about, you know, the housing market and interest rate cuts house and, you know, people saying it's now harder to get a loan. Mm. Has the marketplace shifted from where it was, say, five years ago? Is it, is it harder to get a loan? Is yeah. it not harder to get a yeah. loan? It's much harder to get a loan now. So In what way? The focus is on living expenses. Um, okay. Once upon a time, the banks had a generic living expense. So one couple with a child, their living expenses might have been, you know, 2800 a month or something like that. Yep. You now have to um, look at people's spending habits based on the last three months and actually declare living expenses as to what the person um, spends so per month. So when you say that, do you mean 
literally go through their bank statement yeah. and see yeah. what their yeah. water bill is, what their yeah. grocery bill well, is. Like, you know, not everyone, like some people might send their children to grammar, for example, so yeah. their living expenses may be higher because their um, education costs are going to be higher than someone that just goes to a public school. So essentially the bank's asking to provide a budget. Yeah, to do Yeah. Now there's something interesting you just mentioned there, Tracy. So you mentioned in the last three months. So would that mean that if people really are intent on moving into the property market or mm. buying that ne mm. next investment, that they actually should be thinking about the way their spending exactly. is over a three-month yep. period? Yep. So even if they had, you know, so take away the excesses mm. that they Don't might have done six six yep. months ago. Yep. Don't do it over Christmas because you're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, there's yeah. always going to be discretionary. Spending, but you know, I do often meet with people and then work with them to get them in a position to, to get a loan because you know, not everyone is aware of what they do actually spend. Because yeah. tap and pay is quite dangerous, so you know, yes, I've seen my statements. Yeah, well, you don't have money in your wallet anymore and you don't no. realize you're down to your last $20 or something like that. So, yeah. well, I must admit, I don't carry cash anymore, and no. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that yeah. are exactly the same as that. Mm. So, people are often surprised mm. if you sit down and go through their statements. Um, how many takeaway coffees they might have had in that mm. period and how much they spent on takeaway. So, Tracy, how thorough do they get? So, say, for instance, I pretend as myself and my wife and let's say maybe we both work and she covers all the living expenses, mm. okay? And I want to get a loan in my name. So I would go along and it would appear that I have no living expenses. Would they, would they check hers or would they query that? Or how would that work? Um, if... It depends if she's on the application. So yeah. if she's on the application, you still have to declare you're a married person and living okay. expenses get yeah. declared for a married, a married person. Okay. Um, there are ways around that as well. So there are some lenders, if yeah. you can show that your spouse or partner can support themselves and is um, supporting yeah. all her own expenses, um, we may not need to include those. Okay. But so, that's not but, with every lender. But is the I suppose the idea of this really though, Tracy, is to protect people from getting into trouble down right. the track. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. We're, yeah. we're at interest mm. rate lows. Like, you know, we're yeah. at interest rates we've never ever seen before in history. Yeah. So they're not going to stay there forever. So they've got to, you know, look at yeah, well, that brings me to another point, in, in fact. Cause I, mu I must admit, when I've done my lending in the past, I always factor in at least about 3%. Yeah. Is there a figure that they should think about for the growth over the period of time that's reasonable? so that Well, they... currently, loans are assessed at about 7.25%, well, so yeah, between 7 sense. to 8%. That's changing. So we've seen changes this week because the lending has tightened up and right. the banks aren't borrowing as much as they can and interest rates are going to stay low for quite a while. So we have actually seen some movement this week. There's okay. two lenders have reduced the assessment rate um, and there will be more lenders will follow. So I suppose competition has something to do with that too. If they've oh, got to be exactly. a lot stricter with yeah. the applications, that means they've really got to work those applications yeah. a bit tighter. Yeah, so we're seeing yeah. um, assessment rates at the moment as low as 5.5. Goodness, yeah. yeah. So, Tracy, what about first home buyers? What, what is any grant stamp duty things happening with them at the so moment? So, there's still stamp duty concession for first home buyers up to yep. six hundred thousand. So, yep. if you buy your first property, you don't pay stamp duty up to six up to six hundred thousand um, yep. on established. And if you're building in regional Victoria, is it's Ballarat twenty thousand. It is, yeah. And metro is ten thousand. Okay. So that's a quite. A severe delineation between mm. which which actually says how how buying 
property in places like Ballarat, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it, yeah. it does. That first home buyer's grant can be really helpful to first home buyers. Yeah, so yeah. if I build a house, brand new house, I get $20,000 yeah. from the government. Yeah. It's not a bad start, and is it? What about, so let's talk first home buyers, Tracy. So I'm a first home buyer and I want to go out and build a house in Ballarat, you know, it's probably going to cost you roughly, probably minimum 400 maybe, yeah. you know, roughly around that. Generically, how much deposit do I need to have, knowing that I'm going to get 20,000 from the government? With um, construction? Yeah. yeah, if I want to build a house. Yeah, okay. So, 420, probably about 16,000. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So around 16. So rule of thumb, Anything you buy, you yep. need to have 8% plus okay. 4000 for cost. Okay, so if I buy a $300,000 house, 8% mm. of that's 24 and then plus 4. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. So that's a minimum deposit. The more deposit you've yep. got, the better, because then lender's mortgage insurance is applicable. Okay. So, yeah. So what's lender's mortgage insurance? So lender's mortgage insurance is if you don't have a 20% deposit, you have to pay lender's mortgage insurance and it's a compulsory payment doesn't protect the borrower, it just protects the lender. That's where the big difference is, isn't yeah. it? People think it protects them, but it doesn't, does no. it? No. Oh, it's just to no. protect the, the whichever lender. the lender is. Yeah. Yeah. And Tracy, what about stamp duty? Do not, most people you see understand stamp duty, know what stamp duty is? or Yeah, most people, I suppose. It's just a phrase that's thrown around. So everyone knows that um, Victoria's the highest. Yeah. Charging stamp duty. So for yeah. those who don't, it's basically a tax when you buy it a is, house, yeah. just for the government to collect some. It's yeah. really just for them to put the process in place, isn't it? Yeah. You don't get anything for it. No. <laughs> and so, how much is stamp duty, Tracy? I always say allow five percent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it is actually it's tiered, isn't it? Yeah. So it depends. First home buys nothing, but it's not a set percentage. Yeah. If you, a Google calculation, you can exactly. easily. Exactly. And investment properties are slightly higher. Yeah. But you know that's a lot. If you say five percent mm. on three hundred thousand, you know that's fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. Obviously, mm. that you just literally get nothing for. Yeah, unless you're a first home buyer, so you save yeah. fifteen thousand. Because yeah. quite often um, people think, okay, we're not getting twenty thousand dollars because we're not building, but it's still quite substantial those savings. Mm. Uh, Tracy, another one I find a lot of people ask me is so I I bought a house and I claim my first home owners grant. I've now started dating a partner who yep. we live together and then they want to buy a house, can they get the first no. homeowner's grant? <laughs> no. So one of the questions is on the first home buyer's grant, have you or your partner ever owned property previously? Okay. So they that need, definition... do they need to break up, go buy a house <laughs> and then get back together? Is that... <laughs> if they want to, but yeah. And they do checks like the State Revenue Office because um, yeah. it's a declaration you're signing. Mm. So and what is considered partner? Is that together for six months, 12 months? Do you know? know. Or you don't no. know? Yeah. No, I suppose I, anyone living in the same house and sharing yeah, things. Probably yeah. would be similar to, I suppose, if you're actually applying for any sort of um, government yeah, fund. They'll have, they'll have a, yeah. a thing. My understanding, and I'm, this, I'm not sure, but I, I know it used to be six months. If you were in six months yeah. in a relationship, that's yeah. it. You're classified by the government. I don't know if that's still the case. But so if it is before your six-month anniversary, just work out how that discussion <laughs> exactly. if you want to buy a house. Might be time to call quits. Well, it's the same with without. We're digressing, but if if something after that period of time, it's very important people actually worked it out because there will be a settlement no matter what, even though it's not what we're talking about today. So yeah. those sort of things are handy to have some sort of yeah. feel for, isn't it? Mm. Um, so Tracy, first homeowners grant. So I've claimed no stamp duty and I've moved into my house. Yep. 
and I want to rent it out. So when can I do that? Within 12 months from settlement. So from, not settlement date, so 12 months from moving into the property. Okay, so if I move in on the 1st of January, yep. so when can I rent it out? Not till 1st of January, January the, the following year. year. So yeah. you must live in it for 12 yeah. months. And if I rent it out prior, I could get made to pay that Correct. back. And I actually yep. know someone who yes. has got that letter yep. recently. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm <laughs> quite aware of it from my side of things too, yep. because I've seen, yep. seen that they do actively check, so it's yep. not worth taking they a do. risk, is it? And some of them say, oh, can I rent room by room? But I think mm. that's really probably very well, fraught with danger as yeah. well. I had a client that had like an exceptional circumstance because he had to move with his job. Um, yeah. Didn't live in the property for 12 months, but yeah, he still had to pay the first time buyers back. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Mm. It's really bad luck, isn't it? Yeah. Because you've, you've obviously got to have to move your It's bad luck, but I suppose the rules are the yeah, rules, rules, rules. rules. So just yep. make sure you wear these things because yeah. the last thing anyone wants to do is have to um, yeah. have to come up with all that sort of money. And another thing that you've brought up there is like you may buy a property that's already tenanted um, and that tenant oh, yeah, that's has to... Yeah, exactly. That so that would therefore... That means that you would have to then finish that tenancy and then move Moving, in correct. for another yep. 12 yep. months. So you must move into the property within, within. 12 months of purchasing it. Yes. So for and instance, if you, if you purchased a had that had a house that had a 13 months tenancy, tenancy still in place, you couldn't purchase that because not really. you'd have to agree. see if you could bring You might get an accept or yeah. try and get yeah. an accept. That's interesting. That is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Do you find, uh, we're talking about all of these things about what you need to have, do you, do you find it a good idea is to do sort of like a health check on, on your finances with with all of these things to make sure that you've covered all of those things and is that something that it's you do? It's for a first home buyer or for people yeah, for, for loans Well, first home buyer, buyer in particular because they've probably never done it before. Yeah. But because also, a lot of these terms are quite, sound quite oh, That's scary. right. And they, they probably don't realise because they've never been in a position. Mm -hmm. I suppose if you've already purchased, you should have some idea, but maybe with all the changes, they should check with somebody like you first. Well, yeah, definitely. But even if you've already purchased, like a health check is a good thing to do. Like they call them home loan health checks. Because interest rates at the moment, um, you know, we're seeing unheard interest rates. And there's lenders out there that you're not going to know what they're advertising because, yes. again, they're not going to be your local lenders in town that are the best rates. And that's where the secret, that's why you know those mm. those rates yeah. and, and it makes a lot of sense for them to come well, and talk to somebody Currently at the moment, there's two lenders offering three year fixed rates at 2.99. Wow. wow. So you wouldn't think that that's there. Yeah. So wow. this, you just told me something. <laughs> Wow. I need to book in for a health check myself. <laughs> exactly. So how often would you suggest people review their home loans, Tracy? Uh, look, everyone says every 12 months. There's a lot of media saying, you know, re review yeah. your home loans, review your home loans. Yeah. If you've paid lenders mortgage insurance um, within the last 12 months, it would be unlikely you, that you could refinance yes. yeah. um, because there's the chance you could have to pay it again. Yeah. There's also um, exit fees or not exit fees as such, discharge fees, um, discharge of registration of mortgage fees. Mm -hmm. So quite often it can be like $1,000 to change your home loan. Okay. So for a minimal interest rate discount, it's you, sometimes you, not worth it. You really need to look at it. Again, it's all of those yeah. factors, isn't it? It's not just, oh, look, I could get 1% better here. Yeah. You've got to look it over, okay, is it worth spending that much money for the so, benefit that I'm going to go yeah. over the length of the loan? Yeah. reward? But then if you can save $2,000 a year and people think, oh, well, you know, 2,000 isn't much, 2,000 will cover your rates, 
That's 2001 year. So if you look at 2000 over 10 years, there's $20,000. Yeah, and if you put that into a compound yes, interest exactly. or something like that, you probably have yeah. a heck of a yeah. lot more, a bit like the way superannuation works, yeah. how it compounds. Because quite a um, Very good point. shop around for insurance. You know, yes. I've got just saved $100, $200 off my insurance. That's true. Everyone you, gets you excited. See, you hear all the ads yeah. all the time. They're going, oh, I've saved $200. People knocking on your door about <laughs> the um, electricity yeah. and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there's a substantial... Um, amount you can change in your home loan. It's just a lot of effort, so that sometimes it turns people. And I suppose that's the thing because if they've if they're, it's new to them and they're going through it all, rather than again seeking some advice, yeah. getting somebody who can help them and say, well, all you really need to provide is this. Yeah. Yeah. And again, a home loan health check. Quite often, I'm going back to the existing lender and getting some discount. There. A bit like saying, look, we could, we could actually, these people are likely to move. Um, can you help us out here? And that way we save you business. And, and that, that would be a fantastic um, scenario for everybody, really. As long as, of course, it's for including the mortgage broker. <laughs> so, Tracy, yeah, I'm just wrong with questions that I get asked. I, hopefully people know I know some of the answers to these. <laughs> um, Tracy, so I own my house. And I go, okay, well, now's a good time. Yeah, maybe I'll buy an investment property. So I own my house, but I actually don't have any money. Like, I've you know, just paid off my mortgage, so I actually mm. don't have any physical money. Can I still do something? How does that work? Yeah. So in those scenarios, you, your property is equity yeah. um, because the bank will have two properties as security. So if you've got your property A that's worth $300 and you own nothing, buy something else for $300, the bank are going to hold two properties worth $600 yep. and you'll only be borrowing like three, <coughs> excuse me, three twenty or something like that. So it'd be sort of like roughly 50% yeah, you know, yeah. of the cost. So basically I could then just borrow that that whole amount including stamp duty and, yep. and you know, whatever else. And, and in that case, Tracy, would the bank therefore hold the mortgage over both properties or would okay, they put it mostly both. on one? No, over both. Okay. It's called cross-securitised. Jeez, that's a big word. Yeah. He likes when I come up with big words. No, I don't have to bring the, one now. That's fantastic. What about how do banks look at renovations? So I own a house, or I purchase a house, and I want to do some renovations on yep. it. Is that hard to get a loan? Is it again come back to your value ratio? Like yeah, how much does. So depending if you just borrowed ninety five percent, it would be unlikely you could get yep. funds to um, do a construction if you maybe owe 80%, well yes you do, you can do something. You may need a fixed price building contract. Yeah, I was trying to say, so does the bank ask for building, you can't just say I'm going to do a renovation and go to the Again, casino. it depends on the lender. So they yeah, want And to it see. depends on how much equity you've got in your property. Okay. So some will allow a cash out. So if you, for example, you know, own your property or you've got good equity, yeah. they'll allow you to cash out to a certain amount. Mm. Um, we may need to provide some quotes or evidence of what you're going to do for what it. You're going to do. What about uh, what effect does credit cards have on the ability to borrow money? Yeah, decreases so your borrowing capacity. Okay, yeah. so if I have a credit card that has a limit of 20000 but I don't owe any money on it, so yeah. it, I always pay it, I never use it, just sits there. With it just sitting there, does that still affect my It does, because they factor in 3.8% of the limit. So if the limit's 20, they would factor in every month. They You need to put aside $780 a month to okay. pay that credit card. Because you okay. may not own anything today, but you could, but I could have and a I, shopping And I suppose that they, they're, they're under no... Um, they're under no... Issue with in the respect that you could use that card. So mm. would they sometimes in that circumstance say, look, 
in your circumstance with the $20,000 card. So look, we're happy to do this, but I know that you're not really using that credit card. Can If you reduce that, say, to $10,000 or something such as that, yeah. would that help? Cut yeah. it up. Yeah, quite often, I'll you know, somebody yes. can't borrow enough to purchase the property that they're after yes. and they've got a credit card that's sitting there and they don't use it or there's, you know, the limit's too high because banks were always offering limit increases. Um, we do request that they um, reduce the limit. And I suppose they did have to prove that too. That, yeah, so yeah. There, you'd have to get a letter which exactly. said that, yeah. to show that yeah. otherwise you could simply just say, look, I've reduced it down and then yeah. I'll put it back in. Again. You could, but you can't now because there's something called positive credit reporting. Yes, yes. Yeah, so when um, a bank does a credit check on you now, they can actually see all your credit facilities. Um, so they can see whether they're open whether you've been, <laughs> been late in repayments, how late you were in your repayments, whether you've been over your limit. So they can sh see the conduct of your... So that's pretty important yeah. advice if they're looking at getting credit for the track, but to make sure that they're always within a level of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. and always paying on time. What about motor vehicles bringing them into my home line? So if I have a car loan that I might be paying, I don't know, 10% on mm -hmm. and my home loan's 5%, is, can you merge that in under your home loan so your percentage You can, less? if there's enough equity you can, but you've got okay. to look at whether it's worth it as well because mm -hmm. taking a car loan that you may um, be finishing in three years and putting it over a 30 year loan term, yeah. um, you've got to look at you know, what benefit is there to the client. So you're spreading the pain over a lot yeah. longer period, yeah. aren't you? That's the thing. Yeah. And yeah. loan terms, Tracy, are most 30 years or where are banks were? It used to be 25, didn't yeah, it? No, they're all 30 years. You've got the option to ask for a lesser loan term, depending on your age. Sometimes if you're like now over 50, um, mm -hmm. you may have to have a shorter loan term because okay. you're working like... Mark? Yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah. What about... What about and, and I think, but it makes sense. I mean, unless you want to be working forever, and some people will say the government wants us to work forever at the moment. Um, it's fairly important that you actually can finish the loan off at a certain exactly. time, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. What's an offset account? An offset account is... Um, You're on fire today. You are on fire. It's like... I, there's, there's, it's not even a pause, is it? Straight into it. We hadn't even breathed and he goes, what is an offset account? Most of these questions me. are, they are actually for me, I'll come and play. I don't know <laughs> What's going like, on here? You yeah, seem to be very eager with notes. those questions. Yeah. Um, an offset account pretty much a savings account that you don't get interest on, but it's offsetting the interest on the home loan. So okay. if you've got 20000 sitting in your offset account mm -hmm. and your home loan's got a balance of three twenty, you're only mm -hmm. being charged interest on three hundred. So it okay. offsets the interest. And I can take that money back out and do what I want. You can because it's a savings. So as then, I said, it's as soon as I take it out it goes back up. Exactly. And, then, yeah. and interest is calculated daily, so it depends daily on what that balance is. Yeah. Now I've heard some stories about this where there's been an offset and this might be just rubbish, but it's something that I've been asked as well in the respect of that they've got an offset account and they've paid a fair they've got quite a bit of money sitting there. Yeah. And the lender decides to say, well, we'll permanently reduce that. So they can't withdraw it. Is that, is that On the something they can down. do? Yeah, yeah so basically, basically they say that we're, we're, we'll, we'll take, take a $20,000 payment, payment towards your home loan 
So, because you had 40,000 sitting there and you've only now got 20,000 of savings. I would imagine only if they're in arrears, I don't think a lender can... So it would have to be in arrears. No, I've heard it before, I've been asked that before. It be one of those banks where if you don't come around with a baseball bats bank in the Bivia or something. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to be lending with those banks. That's interesting. No, well, that's that's the point. There's all sorts of rumours out there that you hear and I think because there's quite a bit of non-understanding about some of this, there would be some pretty amazing furfies, I'd say. Yeah. So, Tracy, your service to consumers is free, for those who don't know, it's a free service. Yeah. So how are you paid? How are you paid? So we're paid from the lender. So we're paid um, a percentage of the commission from the lender, usually after settlement, so usually within 60 days after settlement. And it really doesn't vary. Like um, people have this perception that you might, you know, went to this lender because you got more. Because you're going to get more money. Yeah, yeah. it's all disclosed. So um, yes. there's really no variance these days in between. And that would be in the contract, so that they yeah. can see it anyway. So they know what you're effectively getting. Disclosed before um, the loan submitted. And when you think about that, if you've actually been able to substantially create a better service and they've got a better deal. They shouldn't really be terribly worried about that, should they? Well, it doesn't because it cost actually them. helps them. It, but there's no cost to the That's client. Right. So it's not in the interest rate, it's not payable by them in any way. In, 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 so, in a sort of a way, um, if, it wasn't, if they weren't paying the broker, they're in fact just making more profit to the lender because they would have, they'd be doing their own broker. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. having to have more staff. Because there was That's a talk right. um, prior to the election that it would be user pay. So I did hear that. Yeah. That was one of the one of the, um, the labour policies. policies, but it didn't come in. Didn't so come it's in. Not so you know that um, that possibly could have happened. Um, Tracy, on that though, I imagine you would normally give the client his three options. This one's this, and it has this facility and this interest rate. This one's this, and it has this, and then essentially they can choose, can't they? The majority of the time, but again, not everyone gets a choice. So, yeah. you know, you might... Yeah, sometimes exactly. you might not. Yeah, it might be the best. Well, There's only one that you're actually going to get. You know, yeah. For example, if you have just started on probation, just started a new job and you're on probation, you don't get a variety of lenders to choose from. No. So you might yeah. still get a couple. Generally, how long do you need to be in your job for? Like, so if I... If I change jobs tomorrow, would I still get a loan, not get a loan? Depending on the industry. So if you change jobs from real estate if, and you went And I went to be a farmer, um, marine biologist. <laughs> I was going to say back to a farmer. Okay, let's say I went back to being a farmer. Yeah, well being a farmer you'd be self-employed. So you'd probably yeah. you'd need to be self-employed for two years. Okay, yep. right. So that can have, a, yep. so that can have an impact as well. Now there's also a move on employment. To, there's a heck of a lot of more people that are on a casual rate or something mm. like that. Do, do they treat that like it's self-employed? No. Because you're not sure how much you're going to get or they look at a period of time and say, and place an average Again, over. it's banks and policies. So there's they one lender move. will look at three months casual, but the majority of lenders want six to 12 months in the industry. Yeah, that makes some sense yeah. though. If you're, if, you're, yeah. if you're going to be lending the money and want to make sure they can actually pay it back. Yeah, exactly. What effect do a lot of people buy a house and then they get to that stage where they you know, might be looking at buying another one, an investment, and then whiz bang, someone's pregnant? How does that, how does that affect people's lending ability. Well, it takes, if it takes an income out of the application, yeah, yeah. Um, it and probably... And someone else. Exactly, your living yeah, expenses so, go um, higher, so yeah. it has a big effect, yeah. Okay. 
So get a loan before you get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you planning on something? Or? <laughs> I was a bit concerned no, about which, which way this questioning was going, really. But never mind. What other questions? I'm just thinking, I mean, you've just gone bang, bang, bang. And I've just thought, I've just been waiting to see if you're going to pause. Well, I think there's a lot of these terms that, you know, get thrown around, LVR, you know, stamp duty, all these sorts of things, equity, and a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Exactly. And they, and they don't necessarily need to know or, you know, unless they've learned or been told or listened to this podcast, how would they know? Yeah. And it can be quite confusing. Yeah, and, so and even things to do with, um, if you're looking at it, I'm sure that if, if one loan might look like it's cheaper, but if you look at the fact that there's a whole heap of fees involved... Yeah. It really should be looked at what the cost of that loan yeah. is going to be over the period of time. Mm, exactly, and that's what they have, a, what's called a comparison rate. Um, so we often see that with cars and things on the television. They'll go, it'll be 0%, but the comparison rate's 2.4. So that's realistically, they can call the interest rate what they like, but what it's really costing is 2.4%. Yeah. yeah, so I think there's a bit of a trap that, you know, the water cooler trap around officers, oh, what's your interest rate? What's mine? Why is 3.87 and mine's 3.92? Well, you're getting ripped off. But maybe they couldn't even use that lender for a whole range of services. Exactly. Which, yeah. which is interesting because that's where you started. It's not all just about rate. No. Rate is only one part yeah. of the equation. Because yeah. so many times, you know, I'll get a phone call and what's the best rate? Well, okay, this is the best rate, but that may not be the best product for you. Well, I'm, it, I think we've been around here because commission rates for sales and, and, yeah. uh, and management rates yeah. for, for the rental department, and, and once you start talking to them and making them understand, it isn't just about rates, no. so I'm sure that across the board, yeah. it's important to get as much information as you can. Yeah. Tracy, a lot of people, they hear, you know, interest rates have gone down and often, you know, the reserve bank might move at 0.25 and then the bank's actually three weeks down the track and move at 0.2. But people go, oh, great, my home loan's gone down. But for most people, it, what they're paying doesn't actually change, does it? it? Normally it would stay the same. Depends just on the lenders. So off. some okay. lenders um, just leave the repayments the same unless you actually call the bank okay. to re reduce it. But yeah. then other lenders will reduce your payments. So I suppose if you can keep paying what you've been exactly. paying, all of a sudden you're going yeah. to start paying a lot yeah. more. And you'd be amazed at how many years well, you'll cut from your loan and how much problem. interest you will save. Yeah, and I'm sure, again, there'll be a whole heap of calculators you can mm. type in paying extra $20 yeah. a week and it'll save you like six years or something at yeah. the other end. So, so I've heard that also different paying at different times, so if you're paying weekly or, or monthly to fortnightly, that changes. And clearly a lot of people probably think mm. that if I'm paying fortnightly, I should make my payments fortnightly or yeah. monthly. But but that works for the same reason. It does. It? So um, weekly and fortnightly pretty much have the same effect, but you're better off to pay those rather than monthly. Because interest is being calculated daily, yeah. you're reducing the principal on yes. a weekly basis. And in effect, there's, you know, there's not just over, four weeks in a month, isn't there? And yeah. that's what people think all the yeah. time. And over 30, 30, 30 years, years, that's right. It would months. make a big difference. Yeah, it's yeah. a big difference. Well, I think I've learnt a fair bit tonight, Mark, but I think we've learnt or hopefully shown that there's a whole lot of stuff here to learn and the best thing is to speak to someone, you know, whether it's Tracy or whoever, early, get that information early, especially first home buyers, know what you're up against, work out a savings plan, work out, you know, if you've got to provide a budget for the bank, start doing it now and see yeah, what, you, well, what you can or can't do. Well, it do. makes sense because there's a limited period of time 
once you sign a contract that everything has to be done. So if yeah. you're ready, then obviously it's going to be a lot easier to, yeah. to actually have it settled in the time that it needs yeah. to. I think one of the final things, maybe before I run out of most of my questions, Mark, or before we go is <laughs> pre-approval. Everyone says, I've had pre-approval. Oh, Most of them actually haven't. So what does what is pre-approval? What does a pre-approved one mean, Tracy? Pre-approval is based on your circumstances at the time that you put the application in. So it doesn't necessarily mean that your circumstance is going to be the same in 90 days when you find a property. So people sometimes have a perception that they're pre-approved. So pre-approval, though, is I go, Tracy, over the next two months, I want to buy, yep. my wife and I want to buy a house. Here's all our information. How much money can we get? Well, yep. $122. Yep. Um, that's not going to be much. But anyway, let's say, <laughs> but let's say we can get, you know, 350000 I can confidently go shop knowing that I'll get that or not. You would still put an offer in subject to finance because okay. a pre-approval often comes with conditions. Okay. All right. So the conditions, um, number one would be valuation. Of the property. And so valuation is different necessarily to contract. So that's something that's outside yeah. of everyone's control. So if we buy, say in that case, we go buy a house for $320,000 yeah. and the bank does a valuation at two eighty, dollars all of a sudden that could wipe out our pre-approval. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So it's always subject to valuation. Um, they may do a pre-approval based on the information you provide, but they may need to do an employment check and yeah. that could change as well. So, you know, sometimes your payslip may not reflect your full so, so employment Pre-approval pre is a really good guide and worthwhile getting, Definitely. but you still need to make sure you make an offer to... Subject to finance. Subject well. to finance, yeah. yeah. And that's the advice that, as agents, we give. I basically say to people, unless you have the money in a suitcase under your bed, yeah. then it needs to be subject to finance, yeah. just to protect them. And that's the risk that you have with options. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Tracy, um, if somebody wants to talk to you, uh, how do they find you? So, they can just put my name into Google, they'll find me. Um, do you want me to give my phone number? Or? You can give me your no, phone you, number. No, you can if you like, or otherwise. But, but it was just, you know, the, yeah. the way that they would actually come and talk yeah. to you, is it? Yeah. Would, yeah. They I, would just give me so. a call, and then um, I usually do a pre-approval over the phone, basically. So I'll pre-qualify them, um, and then make a time, and then, you know, put an application together, or get someone ready to put an application. So it sounds like you make it as easy as possible for, to help them out too. Yeah. It's quite daunting. I think a lot of people now, when you send the email of the list of requirements, get a little <laughs> yeah, bit... I could imagine it's getting longer. Yeah, yeah, because if you've got to provide three months bank statements on your wow. yeah. you know, accounts and everything like that, it can get quite overwhelming. Yeah, so if you can try and get this stuff done, as we always talk about, be organised, before you go out shopping and fall in love with the yeah. house, you're a long way down the track. Yeah. Yeah. So you can give out your phone number, Tracy. Yeah, okay. All right, so it's 0427 418 334. That's fantastic. Very good. Look, I, I, think, I think we've absolutely badgered you with questions, and I think if we, we'd love to, if people have got other questions to, well, to send the, them in. Some of the ones I said were some of the ones that I've exactly, been asked. Exactly, that we've been asked. Um, but it's, you've been so generous with your time and talking to us. It's been fantastic having you on. And I tell you what, Tim, it makes our job easier. It does, doesn't it? Especially if you have 50 questions. I don't have to listen to you all night. <laughs> so you get upset because you've got to listen to me all the time. Well, he told me that you were going to control the conversation. I know, he just took over, didn't he? I just don't understand it, really. But, but we hope that's been beneficial to everybody. And uh, 
please keep sending those questions in. And I think you've got to mention our, our number one fan at the moment. Oh, Jeff, of course. Is Otherwise, we're going to be in real trouble. Underground, underground. I think he's out and about. Might even be looking at some houses. At that's the right. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I meant to say that. But anyway. <laughs> no, no, that's right. And hopefully, um, if you do have any questions, that we have answered them. Bear in mind that sometimes there's the recording is not going live straight away, so it's not that we've forgotten you, uh, our last the couple yes. of questions we've had recently. It's just that they will come out on the next podcast. Yep. Um, but if and you have any specific to this, send them in and we can get Absolutely, we'll make sure out. they're passed on. And if you think, if there's other areas that you think that we, of people that we should talk to on the podcast, by all means, um, send them in to us and we'll happily get somebody. And, and, and maybe further down the track. Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> and, and if we hopefully maybe further down the track, we can maybe invite you back and, and get some extra extra questions. Definitely. Part two. Well, thank you very When the much. weather's warmer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Tim. Pleasure. And we'll see you all next time. And thank you for uh, listening or watching whichever device you may be choosing. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Bye.